Charlie Brown? He's doing the chop, baby! Oh, no! What is this, 1984? I just rambled for 20 minutes and deleted it. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. From the Dire Prime Pantry in Nitro, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. Off-season episode three with Jawan Staten. Follow me on Instagram at UnreasonableDoubtWV, Twitter, tweeting on Twitter. Find those tweets at I'm Josh Witt. Facebook, you know, Facebook page on for <clears throat> Facebook page for Unreasonable Doubt. Find it, hit the blue thumb. Follow the podcast there. Podcast, swag, show notes, link, click it, do it. How are you doing? How are you holding up? We're living in a crazy time. This virus stuff is is crazy. And uh, hopefully you're listening to this, you're in good health. That your family is in good health. Uh, for those who are are being affected by the virus, my prayers are out to you. And if you know somebody who's affected by this, it's crazy. Um, if you're going out of your home, wear a bandana. Okay. And wear it over your over your mouth and your nose. If you have one bandana, do not wear it on your head as a fashion thing. Wear it over your face. which And it may become a fashion thing, wearing the bandana over the face. If you've got two bandanas, easy choice. One over the mouth and nose, and one uh, on top of the head or around the head, however you want to do it. Three bandanas... I feel like the choice is, again, obviously, bandana over the face and mouth, bandana on the head, however you want to fashion it. You can you can roll it really tight and wear it like a like a sweatband. You can have it go over your head like a do-rag, however you want to do that. For me, I can't speak for you. For me, I would have the the flap going over the top of my head. What's going on 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 the top of my head is becoming more challenging every day. Think of, you know, the example I can give. Work had to be done at a neighbor's house, but they had to dig in my yard to get to the work that needed to be done in my neighbor's yard. Okay, and they dug into the ground, put all the dirt back and put grass seed. Okay, and then uh, months later, there's patches of grass in that spot. And that, you know, it's like there's grass there, right? But there's also plenty of dirt. You can see plenty of dirt. And that is what's happening on the top of my head. Thus, covering the dirt, (laughs) covering the dirt spots with the bandana flap. And then the third bandana Put it in one of your pockets. Put it uh, in your back pocket. Um, fold it up and put it in your front pocket. Works like a handkerchief. 
You never know when you need to wipe sweat, when you need to uh, clean up a spill. It's a good thing to have. And if you have more than four bandanas, if you have four bandanas or more on your person, uh, you know, then that's, I can't give you advice on what to do there. You, I would argue, are an outlier in the bandana community if you're going for bandanas. But if you got one bandana, the choice is right now, wear it over your over your nose and mouth. Juwan Staden joined me on the podcast. WVU point guard extraordinaire in his time at WVU. I would argue one of the best point guards, obviously Javon Carter is a great point guard during the the Huggins era. Uh, Truck Bryant, Joe Mazzulla. There's been great point guards. Maybe we have one in Deuce McBride. uh, With no no disrespect to the other point guards. Jawan Staten. And and Deuce has kind of given me Jawan Staten flashbacks because of his mid-range game this year. And I think Jawan Staten, the king of the pull-up, mid-range jumper and when he pulls up he pulls up quick and he pulls up high and it really stands out and uh Juwan joined me on the podcast we try to talk you can't avoid talking about the virus stuff but we talked about basketball and a couple of other things here's my interview with Juwan Staten Dyer Prime is the lead sponsor for Unreasonable Doubt. Dyer Prime Creative Group. Dyer. Because that's the last name of David Dyer, the founder of Dyer Prime Creative Group. Prime. Prime because it sounds cool. Prime because there's a R in Prime and there's a R in Dyer. Prime like Optimus Prime. Prime like Prime Numbers. Prime Numbers are cool. And I'm sure there's a better reason <laughs> Why it's prime. Creative. This is the key part. They're very creative. They can help you come up with a design, a graphic design, and put that design on a t-shirt, on a sticker. They can embroider your design on whatever you want. Very creative. And group because there's more than one person at Dyer Prime Creative Group. So call or text them to find out more. 304-767-4445. Find them on the web at DyerPrime.com, D-Y-E-R-P-R-I-M-E.com. Or find them on Facebook or Instagram at DyerPrime. All right, Jawan Staten, thank you for joining me on Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. Uh, Hopefully everybody's safe up in ohio where you're at yeah man we're holding on we're doing all right uh you know i don't i don't know personally how everybody is quarantining but i know my family is you know we're doing what we're supposed to and uh just hoping and wishing for the best for everybody absolutely uh so you're back home you played in france this season how and i guess the season got cut short how did this season go and did you have any trouble getting back to the states uh, this season was, uh, it was a little different for me. Um, I started the year off in Hungary, uh, and then I made the change to France. 
Um, mm-hmm. France was a familiar place. Hungary was a little different, uh, just the language and everything. So that was uh, brand new. But, uh, you know, all in all, it was a good year, I would say, for myself personally. Uh, in, in Hungary, I was averaging uh, around 16 points, five assists. Uh, in France, I was averaging around 15 points, four and a half assists. So uh, it was pretty much a solid year for me. Um, uh, it's, you know, kind of sad that it was cut short and just what's going on, period, not just for basketball, but uh, just since we're talking about basketball, it was a, I would say it was a good year for me. Um, awesome. Awesome, man. Uh, so you, you mentioned Hungary, you played in France, uh, Belgium, Finland. So you played in a lot of different countries. What country has the best food? Food? Uh, man. See me, I'm, I'm kind of a, I would say I'm a picky eater. You know, I don't really <laughs> venture too far outside of what I like and what I know. And, uh, right. I cook too when I'm, when I'm overseas. So I couldn't really tell you about, you know, what every country really has to offer when it comes to food. Um, honestly, you have, you have your food and you make that work wherever you're at. Yep. Pretty much. I dig it. Gotcha. That's just for me. I think that's, that's kind of why that happens. Why that seems to be that way. That makes sense. And, it, and you have a good basketball IQ and I'm, I'm ignorant on that. So that, that makes total sense. And you explained it well outside of Javon Carter's senior season, no one, at WVU under Bob Huggins has averaged more assists per game than you. And it was, it was in line with your assists this year. Like you averaged about five assists for your career. Everybody on this year's squad averaged less than two assists per game. Like nobody broke two. What is that? And why historically for Huggins does the point guard have like even the best, and you, I think you're one of the best, have low assist numbers. Is that just because the assists are spread? Is it the offense? What leads to that? Um, well, I would just say it just boils down to style of play, honestly. If you um, watch the way that West Virginia played this year, and if you think about who were the two main guys scoring the buckets, they were uh, pretty much big men. And right. if you look at how they scored their buckets, they weren't really on assisted buckets they were on offensive rebounds you know uh, a lot right. of times not not every time but a lot of times but you know typically when you're a big man or you're leading scorers that means that you're running offense that you know everybody is pretty much throwing the ball inside so you know that's a that's pretty much why everyone has around the same amount of assists because everyone's throwing the ball inside and that's where most of the points are coming gotcha um, you know that that was just my personal take on it. Um, you know, Hugs always traditionally every year has a great big man um, that can get a lot done uh, close to the basket. So your jump shot, Juwan, you get so high on your jump shot. Is that always been the case? Is that something you developed over time? Uh, is that was that like a conscious decision, or is that's how you always shot your jump shot? Uh, well, that kind of started when I was a little younger. Um, I think when I was going into high school, I was still shooting a set shot, and I was noticing that I was starting to get a lot more shots blocked mm. um, just because I hadn't ha- hadn't hit any type of growth spurt. So I was always defended by, like, taller players, longer arms, and I was starting to get a lot of shots blocked. And, you know, I was getting frustrated by it. So um, I went to – I was being recruited by University of Dayton, and one of their coaches – 
at the time was talking to my dad. He was like, um, have you ever considered shooting jump shots? You know, working on a jump shot. Uh, and we was like, no, nah, not really, you know. And from that point on, kind of like, uh, I would say transitioning to freshman year of high school, I uh, just kind of started working on a jump shot just to be able to shoot over, you know, taller defenders. Cause like I would make a move and go to shoot the shot and they would always recover. So I felt if I could jump, you know, and get it off quicker that, um, you know, that might help me. And, you know, I just worked on it and worked on it. And then it kind of became like the best part of my game, honestly. So, you know, I just put a lot of work into it and, you know, I developed it with a purpose and it kind of just carried me through, you know, until where I am now. Right. I mean, it's watching you live and my family uh, watched you in the alumni game last summer. And the thing that sticks out is the jump shot. It, like even my wife, who's never who never watches live games, like how is he doing that? I was like, I that's a <laughs> he's gifted. I mean, he's really good at basketball. I can't explain it more than that. But that's a good explanation. And it seems that that mid range shot is just you can get it off. It seems like over anybody, it's amazing. So I, I would agree that it's it's one of your best features of your game. Um, all right, I asked everybody who played with him this question, Jawad. Best Jonathan Holton story that you can share on a podcast. Ah. See when you when you say that, like it takes like it takes <laughs> a big chunk of Jonathan's story. It cuts Jonathan the universe Holton down. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that makes of, sense. Out of my mind. <laughs> so that makes it so much harder. It's kind of man, it's hard. Uh, I, honestly, I I don't know. I, I can't really. I don't really. <laughs> You're gonna pass. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna pass on that one. Uh, the, his energy. Can you speak to his energy? Because watching him on TV and how his enthusiasm and like playing at the front of that uh of the of the press and just like screaming in people's faces and stuff. That had to be – I enjoyed watching him do that. And I'm sure as a teammate, you want to have that on your team instead of playing against you. Yeah, John is definitely that player. He's that player that's like – your relationship with him depends on that day of practice, whose team he's on. Because if he's on your team, then, you know, everything is perfect. You know, he's playing hard. You know, everybody else might be mad, but you're happy. But if it's the other way around, he's on the other team, then it's, you know, it's frustrating because – all because of all those little things you just said, you know, he's talking constantly. He has the most energy on the court. You know, he's one of the fastest players on the court. His motor doesn't stop. He's yet <laughs> trying to get a hand on the ball, a foot on the ball if he can. Like, it doesn't matter. So, it's like he's he's just so intense that it's like, man, if you're not playing with him, then, you know, he makes you take and raise your game to another level. That's fantastic. Uh you're a point guard, and this is like a thing about point guards that, that's in my head is that, and you're in the middle of your career, but once your basketball career, as far as playing, is over, do you see yourself staying in basketball and like coaching or a or a um, a scout? Do do you do you find yourself wanting to stay with basketball after your playing career is over? Yeah, I definitely want to stay in basketball. Um, I think that's the main thing that I want to do. Uh, I probably will go into coaching. Um, 
I haven't really thought about being a scout or any, anything. I've thought about, you know, being a trainer as far as just working kids out and kind of trying to develop my own, you know, brand and my own gym with that. But I probably would end up going into coaching. I would say that's probably the safest bet for me. That's a thing, though, right? Point guards becoming coaches because people say point guard is is the is the coach on the floor. So there is like I would guess that the percentage of coaches, if you broke it down by what position they played when they played, a high percentage of them are going to be point guards, right? Or am I off uh, on that? I I would I would say so. I mean, being a point guard in my, of course, I'm a little biased, but I would say. You know, yeah, we're generally one of the smartest players on the court, kind of know where everybody's supposed to be, know how to read offenses and defenses. And, that, you know, it kind of does turn you into a coach, per se. So it's not that hard of a transition when you're done. Um, of course, there is a – there sometimes is a little bit of a transition because it's hard to go from being able to do something to to explaining it. You know, I don't know if that makes right. sense. Right. But – It know, does. Yeah, when something comes easy to somebody, it's not always that – that easy for them to explain it to someone or understand why they can't understand why it's not coming as easy. So that's one of the things that sometimes people face when they try to go into coaching after playing, but you know, yeah, it should be a little easier for a point guard, just knowing that you got to kind of be the leader and take on all these personalities anyway. So it's a little easier to do that as a point guard. You know, It's such an interesting point that you make Juwan about like picture Michael Jordan being a coach and and being like, well, this you just do it like this because this is how I did it, but not right. being able to explain specifically what you're looking for. I'll leave you on this uh, question. And this is kind of an old man question. I'm in my 40s now, so I don't know if people listen to albums anymore. But what is your favorite album of all time? Oh, man. My favorite album? Uh, it might be the Black Album by Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. Uh, just from top to bottom, I like that album. Um, man, if not that, have to be one of the Carters by Lil Wayne. Mm. But that that's it. It it doesn't really matter which one of the Carters, or or the Black Album by Jay Z. Black Album for me. Well, I mean, you've got you've got Kanye producer, you got Ninth Wonder, you got like. Uh, Rick Rubin on the 99 Problems. You got all these, like, best of the best producers, but it was a cohesive thing. Um, and then Lil Wayne is just really gifted as a as a lyricist. Uh, right. So, yeah, I enjoy those as well. Juwan, again, I appreciate your time. Uh, stay safe. Uh, wish uh, good health to you and your family. And thank you for joining me on Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. Thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for having me on. And uh, you know, I wish you and everybody stay safe as well. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast. Big thanks to Juwan Staten for joining me on the podcast. You can find Juwan Staten on Twitter at Juwan Staten3, J-U-W-A-N, 
S-T-A-T-E-N-3, the number three. You can find Juwan Staten on Instagram at Juan, W-A-N, Staten, the number three. Don't say all that, just the number three. Juan Staten 3 underscore YK. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms. Or just pick one. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Radio Public, Podbean, CastBox. Subscribe to the podcast. Do that. Then the podcast episode will automatically download to your device. Deal? Until the next episode, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt WVU for the 2019-2020 season was 21 wins, 10 losses.